the Caribbean Cricket Podcast with me, David Oram. I'll be looking at the recent major cricket news stories in the region. Usually I'm in the company of my good friend Joseph Reds Pereira, but this week Reds is uh, in, in Canada visiting uh, relatives. So we have the locum with us again. It's uh, uh, the good doctor, Dr Andrew Ford. Greetings, Andrew. How are you? I'm great, David, and good to be with you again. Great, Andrew. Great. After yesterday's performance in the third test, you're great. Um, you surprised me. I would have thought that you'd, at the, the very least, be despondent. <laughs> well, I guess looking on the bright side, we had three good days of cricket. One in the second test and one in the first test, the second test. And then uh, the first two days, we did pretty well. We matched India stroke for stroke and ball for ball. But Everything fell away after that uh, last day for rain. Uh, I think India turned up the aggression, and we were always looking at, at trying to save the, the match, and we just didn't bat properly twice. And, mm. you know, that's disappointing. Yeah. But we haven't bowled that badly at times. It's just that the decision-making has put us at a disadvantage, and we, we let India back into the match, even though we could tell what they were trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I think we probably will spend some time uh, discussing uh, the, the 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 woes of the batting, um, but let's 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 start with the earlier part of the the, the test. Well, they they started well, West Indies. In fact, before ball was even bowled in this test, I think for the first time they got the selection right. Early in the series, they went in with an attack based around batsmen who could bowl with. Uh, yeah, too much of Carlos Brathwaite and Jason Holder and guys like this. They were frightened to play Cummins. Cummins came into the second test, and in the third test, he was joined by Azari Joseph as well. And West Indies looked like they had a genuine cutting edge, but then um, the game was taken away from them by a monumental partnership. But uh, as you say, it was encouraging, and it was a good performance with the ball. Yeah, it was a much better looking team. You know, the, the construct of the team now with six batsmen, a weightkeeper, four bowlers and a batsman who is a capable bowler and, a, and quite a quite distinguished already in his short uh, career in Carlos Chase. Uh, the team, the team, you know, construct is, is quite good. Uh, with the ball, we saw what young Joseph could do. And again, uh, with Gabriel and Cummins and the less extent holder, a good uh, four-man seam attack. There, there's some variety. You know, Joseph is tall and he, he's pacey. Gabriel is a bit stiff, but very pacey. Cummins uh, seems the ball a little bit, and, and Holder is steady. Mm. Uh, so, so they didn't do badly. What we saw at the beginning as well, and we saw that in the first test, was that aggression, uh, the use, the good use of the short ball. Uh, that proved dividends. There were opportunities for for top order batsmen to be caught up for a short leg, which we didn't. Ta- we haven't taken all those chances, but we have seen that aggression 
is a much better tool against the top order uh, of India. And I don't think we've utilized that as much as we should have. But generally, you can see the, the, what Mr. Eswick has been doing with them, uh, getting them to bowl on, on off or side off and use the short ball sparingly. The, the bowling unit does look like they're bowling to a plan and sticking to a plan a lot better than before. Mm. For sure. Yeah, no, no, there, there was definite progress made on the, uh, the, the bowling front. And I mean, it took 10 wickets, so, you know, we, we actually bowled them out. We didn't wait for them to be clear. <laughs> no, that's, that's true. In, in, in the first and second test, they only managed eight and then uh, nine wickets uh, in, in this game. Uh, they almost bowled them out twice, all right, admittedly uh, yeah. going for a de- declaration uh, runs. But then again, I suspect if that third day hadn't been lost, West Indies may still, still have lost, lost the game, but I think they would have bowled them out twice. I think we, we, yeah, that that rain day, I think, changed our mindset. I mean, if, you know, we were already just 100 for one, uh, the match was in the balance and the confidence they showed batting on the second day, I think they would have had a lot to play for and I think they would have continued in the same vein. But having lost the day, uh, most people would say, even though there's a big push for test matches to be only four days, that the match would have been a, been a draw. So yeah. for... For just uh, the first two wickets to make 129 and for the, the other eight to make such a paltry contribution of less than 100, I mean, that wasn't something that we expected because from the last match, we would have seen the lower order in Blackwood Chase and Dalrish and Holder all making uh, half century. And, and in case of Chase, the century contribution, we, we expect that they understand how to play uh, test cricket, but somehow... It was as though we were playing uh, limited overs cricket again. And, mm. and unlike the other teams we've been seeing, you know, Pakistan or we've been seeing with England, the, when the top order is, you know, makes indiscretions, the lower order comes with some resolve to repair the job. And this inconsistency and, and no one really taking up, taking the reins of the innings to resurrect it when things go wrong is something that uh, has been a problem in our cricket for a long time. Uh, there should always be someone who's willing to put up their hand and say, I'm going to make a difference today, and, and that inspires others. But I think having lost that day, we somehow felt that we couldn't lose the match, and we I think we let our guard down. I, I absolutely agree with you on that, Andrew. I think that was... Uh, you've hit the nail on the head. It was, it was naive, uh, and perhaps reflected the inexperience of a basically young side, that uh, having performed wonders to draw the second test, to lose that third day, the position they were in, and even going into lunch on the fourth day, I think they felt fairly secure. Um, And then they lost the last seven wickets in the first innings for 23 runs. To be fair to the West Indies, anybody looking at the scorecard of that would think, oh, another hopeless collapse. I didn't think that was the case. I thought that, almost without exception in the first innings, that... There was not much they could do about it. It was just a wonderful, wonderful spell of bowling by Kumar that totally changed the face of the game. Yeah, Kumar is a, is the ultimate swing bowler, and he also gets some movement off the seam, and he bowls a, a fuller length. Uh, but when you think about it, a team that's already won up in a series, to make three changes in a test match is unprecedented, and it really squashes that, that overused idea that you don't change a winning unit. And, you know, Kohli 
could see that his team would be stronger if he made those changes in, in the batting. We saw Sharma coming in. And, you know, we also saw Kumar coming in for Yadav. And yeah. Jadeja is a much steadier left armor than, than the, the previous guy. So, I mean, he made the team stronger, more compact. He also lengthened their batting by, by having Jadeja there. So the team is one that's going to be more difficult for us to, to uh, play because Jadeja has taken wickets in limited overs cricket with that wicket-to-wicket uh, approach. And Kumar will bother uh, any good batsman. He's very steady. And even in our conditions where the ball doesn't sling much, uh, he is he is a handful. So our batting has become a lot more intense against this attack because they're weapons from every angle. Every single bowler is a is a potential weapon in the Indian attack now. So the the batsmen actually had less of a respite where they had two weaker guys. Now they have two more competent uh, bowlers to to face. And you know I think that that was one of the big. Uh, important things that shape the match yeah um i think i think we've got to be while well, you and i obviously are focusing on the the west indies in uh analysis of this game we can't take anything away from india they uh they did do ever they played they were terrific they did ever so well equally though west indies did do ever so badly when you look at that you combine the collapse of the first innings uh, with the 108 all out in the second innings, they effectively lost a hu- lost 17 wickets for 131 That's runs in just yeah. over 60 overs. I mean, those those are figures that would that would shame Bangladesh or Zimbabwe. Yeah, definitely, especially playing at home. Uh, we expect to do uh, much better work at home. Uh, these are pitches that we know better. India has. You know, historically never done well away from home. And now we've given India their first uh, two-match win probably away from home. So we keep uh, making records for the wrong reason. Mm. Uh, we also have, have a history of giving batsmen hundreds that sometimes don't go on to be successful uh, test cricketers. And, and there's a long list of them from Matthew Sinclair and, <laughs> and coming all the way down. So we wonder if, if Saha, we've done the Saha uh, if if that's reflective of, of real talent. And Ashwin has all of his hundreds against us. Mm-hmm. But but that being said, um, definitely the second innings collapses. You know, all we had to do was bat, bat for a day yeah. or bat for 10 overs less than a day. Yeah. And, you know, that should have been something we could do with the, the state of the pitch. Uh, we shouldn't have, have been flustered. But I think... The one one thing, the difference between this match and the other is that we didn't have... I don't think we had a plan. Mm. In the second match, it was clear that if we could bat and make India bat again, then it reduced their chance to win. Mm. And this one is a simple case of just batting for a day. But when the team, the batting team, is put under pressure, and this is something we've been experiencing for the last few years, whenever we are under pressure to bat for the last day, we, we've tended to fail. And that's just the sheer pressure of knowing you can make runs, but you can't win. You can't make the other team back again. And you're, you're only, uh, you're just there for survival. But the thing is, you still have to survive and uh, be, be active at the, at the wicket and try to let the runs uh, come as well. And I think, this, I think we're trying more to survive and bat for time than to bat with a purpose. And I think you always have to bat with a purpose in cricket. Yeah. 
No, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, going back on what you were saying about uh, Sahar and Ashwin, I mean, they added 213, which effectively was the, the difference between the two sides. India yeah. recovered from 126 for five. Those two added 213. The last five wickets then tumbled for 14. So effectively, if that partnership had registered no runs whatsoever, India could have been all out for 140. But I, I will take, pick up your point there about uh, the fourth innings, West Indies' fourth innings, uh, the approach, the mental approach, if you like, the, the aptitude, the fortitude, the you know, what were they trying to achieve? And I will point the finger very much at the uh, the senior players. Yes, Brathwaite and Johnson were both dismissed early and softly, but Bravo and Samuels were skittish. And Samuels' innings, I mean, it was, I, I'm not sure I've seen anything like that from a man trying to draw a test match. Yeah, it was it was rather Jekyll and Hyde, you know, trying to be cautious and then and then going into T Twenty mode. <laughs> I think I think mentally he was he was definitely out of it. And you know the the senior players uh, have been a disappointment for a while. I think this really goes back to Otis Gibson saying that about senior players and causing a lot of disruption and and reaction from senior players in that World Cup where they didn't actually perform, but. If you if you think about it on a just a subjective way, you'll know that uh, Bravo has been making one significant innings and a piece of an innings per per series, and the rest has been, you know, just uh, a desert, you know, of runs. And and with Samuels, it's been a similar uh, piece 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 uh, contribution. So unlike the other. Teams where even if you have a, a Eunice Khan who's who's in bad form and comes and make a double hundred, the, the the other teams have go-to guys, you know. Uh, so we our senior players don't really inspire the the younger players, and this is a problem uh, that we have. Uh, I can understand us keeping two of them because we don't want a totally junior uh, backing lineup, but certainly their responsibility and their performance has to be improved a great deal for them to justify being persisted with. And and how do you send the message to the senior the entrenched senior player who doesn't perform in a team that's having difficulties uh, with their batting? I think it's in, in all other uh, teams, you know, that would happen. I mean Pujara hasn't been going through that bad a patch. Pujara has been has, you know, had a really good 12 months or so, and recently he's slowed down a little bit, but I, I suspect he may be averaging 30-odd or, or so, but Pujara loses out. And, and there's a articulation that Sharma is, is a guy that can change a game, and, and that may mean Pujara won't get back in for a while. But we don't have that pressure on our senior players. So I think not having a goal or focus is one of the big things that bothers uh, Bravo and Samuels, and we we only got we get things out of Samuels when he's about to be to be you know dropped really or you know when you think he's on his last legs he'll do something but we need consistency. Yeah, no, absolutely. The the West Indies um, have had this standoff with uh, perceived senior players, or as people would like to continually refer to them, their best players. Something I personally uh, will. You know, argue against, but I'm not going to do that yet again uh, here. But um, you know they've lost Gale, Dwayne Bravo, uh, and others to other interests, to other uh, well, to 2020 cricket. They still do retain 
Darren Bravo and Sam Rose, but they do need more from them. They do need more performances. And um, personally, I'd rather see, if West Indies are going to lose, I'd far rather see them lose with young players learning something and producing performances that they're going to draw upon in the future than, than guys like Samuels and Bravo. I mean, it's not all bleak, uh, particularly in this test match and the last test matches. Uh, the performances of both Chase and Cummins have been great encouragement. Yes, I think one of the important things is that each of the young players has shown something within the last few matches. We've seen Dowridge being... Uh, much more productive with the bat, and his keeping has improved. He's been taking all the catches. Uh, Joseph has shown something. Cummings, after a, a drought the first match, has, has shown us what he can do, chase. And Blackwood is the attacking uh, player that, that's in the... like a, He's like a pocket Pollard then. <laughs> and I think that he, he is a player that's so different from the others. There's a place for him in the top six. And I think in, in this match, he was trying to curb those that natural intent, and maybe it didn't work out as well. We, I guess once he's there at the crease, we need him to produce and to play his own game, and I, I think he's a guy that uh, I think they, they sent in chase earlier this time than Blackwood because they didn't want another wicket to fall, but I think we have to let Blackwood play his, his natural game. Yeah. Uh, but certainly uh, for, for two big bats, we, we can't by any measure think that Bravo and Samuels are, are doing well enough, and you know, as you said, we could justify and and really use logic to explain why we do badly if the team was just all young players. I think the one young player that's struggling a lot is the captain. Yeah. Uh, he's he's just he's just contributed in terms of tightness and and decorum, but he's he hasn't really, except for the two fifties, he hasn't his bowling really hasn't been penetrative at all. He's the only bowler who hasn't really made a contribution, and I think the weight of what he has to do is taking a toll on him. And also what we're seeing is that he's, a, he's an all-rounder who is, who is torn between which uh, discipline he should really make his stronger discipline. And, and all everything points to the fact that maybe his batting is, is much better and he should work on that more. Personally, I, and I know why they've made changes in the captaincy, uh, and the, the the different formats, and I do want us to talk about Darren Sammy in a moment. And those those are well documented, and and Holder is uh, in place as the Test match leader and ODI leader. But I think personally, I think they got that wrong, and I think they should be brave enough to make a change. Uh, Brathwaite's taking uh, Carlos Brathwaite's taking over as the 2020 captain. I suspect because they didn't want to lumber Jason Holder with doing all three formats. But I think that would have been a more natural fit for Jason Holder. And the guy, I think, who should be leading the test side, uh, who's been superb in his leadership of Guyana, is uh, Leon Johnson. Uh, yes, but, but the problem with Johnson is every time Johnson is given a chance to, to prove he's better than Shandrika, he, he doesn't prove it. And in this match... Uh, he he didn't he hasn't done that well. So uh, it is true that you can see that Jason's hold on the captaincy may be tenuous and and temporary. But uh, the the successor is a problem. Can you give it to one of the? You don't want to give it to one of the senior players. I don't think they have the no. that the confidence to to do what they're supposed to do. And captain as well. Brathwaite's just starting, and and it is the entrenched opener. 
Uh, the truth is that within the 11, it's hard to really to really see who you can give that job to because it's a, it's a thankless job where you have to explain why you lost more times than anything else. And after a while, you run out of excuses. Yeah. Uh, so that's the difficulty of the job. But we'll see how it goes. The fourth test is uh, later this week in, uh, in Trinidad. If India win, they will go to number one in the ICC rankings. Uh, I find that a bit peculiar since the other teams in the top five will be England, Australia, Pakistan and New Zealand. Uh, none of which India beat in their last test series, with the exception of Pakistan. And that was nine years ago. So how they can be number one, I, I really don't know. But let's not go into that one here. Um <sighs> Do you expect to see a similar team from the West Indies, the same team, or can uh, might hope come into it? Yeah, I think that they'll stick with this team. Uh, one thing, credit I must give the selectors, they haven't been quick to chop and change. They have let things play themselves out, uh, and each player has been given the opportunity before before being replaced. Shandrika was given quite a good run when we would have thought maybe we could have dispensed with him earlier. And, you know, uh, Bishu, I think, is unfortunate, but we needed the, the, the other bowler, and Chase is doing quite well. Mm. Uh, I'm still a bit concerned about how we handle Bishu, and he, he doesn't keep uh, a play. We've seen how Pakistan has persisted with Shah. He had one good match. He had um, uh, two bad matches, and now he's proven to be a big part of, of them driving towards a win. So I think uh, the variety of a uh, leg break bowler is important and confidence will let uh, Bishu uh, settle down. But for Trinidad, I expect the same team and you know, I just hope they can perform better. We both do. We both do in many, many yeah. times. Um, the, other, the other big news recently, which I do want us to talk about and have your opinion on, uh, was uh, you were talking about the selectors just now. Well, they made a very big decision recently in uh, announcing that... Uh, Darren Sammy was being relieved of the 2020 captaincy. Unfortunate timing, since uh, the Test match was just about to start there in St Lucia, in the newly named Darren Sammy Stadium. There were calls to boycott the game. There seemed to be nobody there, Andrew, whatsoever. But one wondered whether they would have been anyway, as uh, I think on commentary it was pointed out that there was a suspicion that even if there was none of this Darren Sammy boycott stuff there. People still would have stayed at home because they'd prefer to watch the Olympics. Yes, uh, nobody goes anyway. Uh, so the, that <laughs> a boycott is, is a bit farcical in, in an event that hardly anybody attends. And uh, so that, that was really pointless. But, but I think that, you know, we, we can't make every... In, in all other cricketing nations... Decisions are made, and every decision does not warrant some sort of uh, negative response. Sometimes we have to look at what we're trying to do and and look at look at change. I mean, you know, sometimes there there are players who are left out, and sometimes there are players who have who can contribute and have worth, but have dressing room problems. Sometimes there are players who just aren't performing. And for a while, I think anyone who's looked at cricket has wondered uh, why Sammy was loath to take up the ball. Uh, Ten overs in, in 11 matches over a year and, and scoring 10, 10 runs uh, per innings over a year and, and averaging less than three with the bat and hardly bowling in the last World Cup. 
you, you started to wonder if we had our own Mike Braley. Uh, granted, his, his decision-making on the field was exemplary. He, he led with great confidence. But, but I think that our cricket being what it is, even though T20 is our strong format, we, this thing about not changing a winning unit is, is you know, a flawed uh, bit of logic. And if we look at it, we have uh, Brathwit, we have Holden, the Wings, we have Bravo, we have Russell. Having Sammy is, is just a fifth person that does the same thing. And I think the selectors had to look at the four that were the best four. And I think when you really look at that, uh, for all of his leadership qualities, he was a diminishing force. And, you know, I, I'm not broken up by the decision. I've been a big Sammy supporter yeah. uh, throughout his career. Uh, when he was placed in the same position, Jason Holder is in now for the, for the similar reason. Mm. And, you know, I just think from a cricketing standpoint, it is a decision that I can live with. Yeah, no, I, I entirely agree. I have... Um... I don't have a problem with it. I don't think there's any question that Sammy was an inspirational leader. He may be again in another sphere. or uh, Well, we'll wait and see on, on, on that one. I think uh, you liking him to Mike Brearley is uh, perhaps a little unfair on Mike Brearley. I would liken him more to, to a, a non-playing Ryder Cup captain. <laughs> but uh, he's, he's unquestionably been superfluous to requirements as a player for some time. His cricket has fallen off quite appreciably. Uh, but I can understand in the current political climate why questions have been raised. Andy Roberts said that he felt that this had come on the back of the comments he made after the World Cup. I, I think that was genuinely a factor. I really do. Having said that, I still think without that, one can justify moving on. Uh, the yeah. Prime Minister of St Vincent and the Grenadines, uh, Dr Ralph Gonzalez, has decided he wants to wade in yet again and uh, share his wonderful opinions with us. And uh, I thank him for those, uh, which he did in a letter publicly uh, decrying the selection and uh, directed at Chairman of Selectors, Courtney Brown, who took the unprecedented step of actually replying yesterday publicly to uh, try and explain the logic of Sammy's... Um, of Sammy being no. dropped, um, it, all, all, all very silly. All why does this have to, as you say, uh, why does this have to be played out in a public forum in this way? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, everything. The senior players not contributing, abandoning the tour. Everything seems to have uh, to, you know, require some political uh, interference where it isn't warranted or, or necessary because sport is is not really a political thing. I mean, when you think about it, the the Indian team was announced this week, which stands to reason that our team had to be announced this week. Mm. So the timing as far as the test match was concerned was unfortunate, but it couldn't be helped because of when the team uh, needed to be announced. Uh, the letter written by the Honourable Prime Minister was in Sembiary and, and rather insulting to, to a guy who's just been given a job. You know, It had in connotations of, of slavery and... Yeah. and uh, with sarcasm and, and little bits of begging the question. But uh, to his credit, I think uh, the chairman of selectors' letter was, was very well uh, crafted and, and yeah. very logical and, and showed a great deal of respect. We are all uh, intense cricket fans and, you know, we're entitled to our opinion. But, but you know, as, as cricket fans, a lot of things we say, we say to friends or, or we may say in situations like, like this one, but... 
you know, we we all care. So I guess that's that's the important thing. But we had to name a squad, and you know, did what Sammy said didn't help. And oh. certainly, when you look at us as a cricketing nation, we we have been the only persons that have taken to this method. Now the question of being uh, dismissed with a phone call, I guess the important question is, are you hired with a phone call? And I suspect that that may be the case. Uh, uh, I think that definitely our, our structure for for giving people posts and elevating them to to certain places in, in our cricket is something we may have to look at. But I, I do suspect from listening to how players have said they've been selected and reading stories from people's autobiography that the phone is a, is one of the big uh, modalities used for I mean to convey information in, in our scattered islands. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, but still knowing that it was a kind of a you know making him aware of it so that he wouldn't read it in the press or hear about it in the press and and then waiting for the board to to ratify or to say that was the decision they wanted. Yeah. Uh, does does getting a day or two ahead of of the media really? makes sense and this the use of twitter and social media by players is something that's controlled in in all sports so what Ramdin has done what he's done and certainly what our players have done in in every single uh you know every single issue that has arisen uh shows that we we don't have the skills to really solve some of the problems that we, we encounter yeah absolutely no i i thought it was uh uh, poor form by Sammy to come out in such a fashion uh, through social media. There's no way that uh, an Australian, English or Indian cricketer would get away with that if they were to do likewise, if they were to be sacked as captain or dropped from a team, they'd get uh, immediate censure for such a thing. And yes, it's it's good to sort of phone a guy up and, and, and tell him that he's been dropped before he reads it in the paper. That's how people used to find out whether they were picked or not in days of yore. I know times have changed, but uh, to then throw your toys out of the pram. and uh, No, I, I, I was very disappointed in Darren Sammy, um, who I've long felt is a, a great man, but I think he's uh, rather lost his focus the last couple of years. But, but that's... That's my opinion, and uh, I also didn't really value Dr. Gonzalez wading in again. I, I I suspect him every time of getting involved in this sort of stuff as uh, just trying to court populist opinion. And um, he may be prime minister of that country when it comes to cricket. I really don't think the man knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I, I think this this desire for for leaders to shape policy in our sport is uh, problematic because it always comes on the backdrop of, of something, that an indiscretion by a player. Uh, you don't usually hear them mentioning about an apology from the player for an indiscretion, even though uh, Sami not being there is, is, on a cricketing basis, very, very logical. Uh, but no one ever seems to talk about what the players uh, do and asking them to express some, some sort of, you know... <laughs> Uh, that, that they're sorry for what has happened. And I think that's, that's a problem with discipline uh, as, as, a, as a region. We have to still uh, give Jack his jacket and say what when something's wrong, it still is wrong. Yeah. No, I think um, attitude towards discipline and what's expected and not expected of players is something that still is a, is a problem in the region. It's something that Otis Gibson tried to instill and uh, got slapped down for and until there's some sort of consistency and a proper code of conduct, um, these things are going to persist, Andrew. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. 
I think that's enough for this time. We've we've done our uh, done our thirty minutes. Um, thank you ever so much for uh, taking the time out to to fill in for Reds once again. No, it was it was great being here and and you know being doing my job as a cricket fan. Uh, <laughs> we all love the game and we all have opinions, but the important thing is to express those opinions while trying to respect uh, the opinions of others. You know. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, you, uh, like myself, like Reds, have our opinions, try to have balance, but we know that there are times that people will strongly disagree with us. Uh, please share your opinions with us. You can email us at willowinthewindies at outlook.com. Uh, you can also tweet me at uh, uh, David Oram on uh, Twitter. My uh, handle is uh, at colblimp1984. That's C O L B L I M P. 1984 and uh, yeah love to hear your feedback about this program or the West Indies cricket in general this has been the Willow in the Windies the Caribbean cricket podcast with me David Oram and my guest this week Dr Andrew Ford and I hope you can join me again sometime soon goodbye <laughs>